0: This is Moose's Mulligans. Where money talks and BS walks. Alright, this is Moose's Mulligans. It's with me, your host, Alex Stryzak. It's your favorite sports podcast for money talks and BS walks. Ooh, that's brilliant. Brought to you by Brava Arts. Go to brava-arts.org for more information for the upcoming Nutcrackers. And we're also brought to you by Somewhat Ace Band. Go to somewhataceband.com. They're doing a new music video that is involving the fans. I will be participating. Y'all should be participating as well. Go to somewhataceband.com. Uh, follow them on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and you, you can find out more information about their upcoming music video. Hey, We got a jam-packed show, so I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to get right to the opening monologue real quick here. Uh, we're going to have Mark on later to talk about the winter meetings, and then we're going to have Ben on after him to talk about some NBA, play some Money Talks, BS Walks, your guys' favorite, my favorite. But as you can see, jam-packed. I'm talking quick here. So let's get to the monologue. I want to talk about something that's really, really... Something that makes me really proud of two teams in the NFL. I'm talking about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen going to the Bills and Lamar Jackson going to the Ravens. Like to flash you back, I had said that those two draft picks were the best out of all the quarterbacks in the draft. I'm saying for where they were drafted. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the draft or Josh Allen was the best quarterback. Actually, I kind of think he might have been, but we'll we'll debate that later. I think Baker Mayfield's super talented, and I don't blame Cleveland for taking him. Where I think the NFL got in trouble was that when the Giants didn't take a quarterback, I'm fine with the Jets taking Sam Darnold. I'm not so hot on Josh Rosen. He's He's very confident in himself. I'm not as hot and I don't I don't think he's as good as the Cardinals think he is. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. I think the NFL really let the Bills and the Ravens off the hook. The Bills traded away Tyrod Taylor, I thought, too early. He could have been the perfect transition quarterback for someone like a Josh Allen, but guess what? Josh Allen's proven he's almost ready as it is already. His He is so athletic. Him and Andrew Luck are that sneaky fast. I, I, I really like what I've seen from Josh Allen so far. Yeah, he's got some learning curves, of course, but Sam Darnold's had way worse learning curves so far, and that's, that's just part of the deal. It's real early, you know, just like Jared Goff proved. Systems can make a difference, and time and experience can make a difference. But also, I think the Baltimore Ravens got bailed out by the Lamar Jackson pick because they signed a terrible contract for Joe Flacco, ate up all their cap space, all their salary, to where they couldn't quite build around him to make them real contenders. They kind of just hung in the middle. Enter Lamar Jackson on a rookie contract. He's going to be affordable for at least the next two to three years. Uh, he's going to be better than Joe Flacco. He's going to get better at passing as the game goes on because uh, as his game develops, it's going to develop faster because he's a smart NFL player. He's willing to learn. He's a, he's a team guy. In every interview you hear, he's got the right answer. And he, he's athletic. And he's I think he can definitely be their franchise quarterback. And with his contract and Joe Flacco coming off the books, it's going to be real fun to see who they add around him. But they really got bailed out: the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not I'm not saying that the draft was incorrect. I do I I do think I would have taken Josh Allen before a few of these quarterbacks for sure. I do think Lamar Jackson was underrated in the draft. And that's going to happen in every draft class. I mean, Antonio Brown was a six-rounder. I mean, he, uh, it's Philip Lindsay undrafted, you know. But the point I'm making is is that I want to applaud the Bills and the Ravens for bailing themselves out of some tough, tough situations that they looked like they were going into. We thought the sky was falling in Buffalo. we like, oh, my God, Josh Allen's so raw. Nathan Peterman's just not doing anything well. And your other quarterback is just Matt Barkley? I mean it was it was almost laughable, but Josh Allen has answered the call and shown the potential and Lamar Jackson has answered the Raven fans that have just been living through the Joe Flacco struggles. Alright, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Mark Burquist. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, Alex, man. It's been a while since I've been on the show.
0: Alright, so uh we just had the winter meetings end and I wanted to ask you before I get into it, uh what were your what were your takeaways?
1: Uh My biggest takeaway, uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, The Mariners going full teardown is probably my biggest takeaway from this. Trading uh, Gene Segura away Mm -hmm. to the Phillies, uh, getting Carlos Santana back, and then Mm. I would assume they're going to end up trading him.
0: So, yeah, it's It's crazy that they that they tore it down so quickly when they've been so close. And it makes me wonder what how they're going to explain this to the people in Seattle if they're below 500 on purpose. I mean, they've waited a long time to make the playoffs and I know it hasn't worked, but it right, seems like right. an, inter- an interesting time to call it. Now, it was yeah. it was a pretty quiet winter meetings and that's three like about 3 out of the 4 yeah. last years in my opinion. So, um yeah. I have kind of a hypothesis. I don't know how you'd feel about what, what if there was a trade deadline right on the last day of the winter meetings all the way to about the first week of March, let's say? Would, would you think that's spicing things up a little bit?
1: Ooh, that that would be a certainly interesting concept. Uh, I, I I think that there's a problem with having two trade deadlines, an in-season trade deadline and an off-season trade deadline. Mm. I, I I think I think you would have to probably get rid of the in-season one right? if, if we're going to do that. I I think especially with it being only about uh, six weeks into the off season. I don't know if six weeks is enough time for GMs to, to really think about how the players that they would be getting or trading away would, would be really affecting their, their clubs. And I think, you know, these trades that are going to happen in late January, early February, or in some cases like 2014, the last day of spring training, Mm um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think that that amount of time is perfect.
0: I think you're right. I think I think I need to have a little more patience. I'm always so excited yeah. to see who's going to go where, mm-hmm. and I don't have the patience, even though it's a, it's baseball. I I don't have the patience <laughs> to wait and see because this is Harper, this is Machado. I was I was waiting for this winter meetings a long time, and I think I got All a right. little. I think I jumped the gun a little bit. I think a lot of us did, and we need to step back for a sec. I mean, a former MVP did get a new contract, and Andrew McCutcheon mm-hmm. Uh, and you know there there were some trades, not some big name, big crazy things, but you know there were still moves, and we need to. I I, I need to accept that first, and then I'll say we need to. Yeah. <laughs> so just the, some, the the yeah. biggest
1: move of the offseason so far uh, has to, has to be Paul Goldschmidt going to St. Louis.
0: Oh, that was huge. Uh, I, I would say. Yeah, no,
1: it wasn't quite during the winter meetings, but it was it was a big move. The Cardinals are really showing that they think they have a chance; they can win an already stacked division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the uh, the return was a little light. Luke Weaver coming off an off year. Carson yeah. Kelly, defense first catcher. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be really really interesting in that NL Central this year. I, I I
0: like I like that we finally get to see Carson Kelly in the majors. We've been hearing so much yeah. about it behind Yachty and uh, I'm I'm glad that we get to see Goldschmidt in the Central. Just I think Joe Madden said it right. He's he's not happy with the Diamondbacks right now. And there's a good <laughs> there's a good reason for that. So yeah. real quick, real quick, before I let you go, I wanna—these are just quick hypotheses. You don't need to even factually base. I I usually don't, as people know. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you uh, where th- we're gonna go through the two biggest names, and we're gonna okay. just kind of guess where we think they're gonna go, even though none of us really know yeah. what's going on in their brains. I'm gonna say a name of uh, Bryce Harper. Have you heard of him?
2: Uh oh, man, Bryce Harper.
1: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that guy that played for the Nationals. I think right?
0: so. He, yeah, yeah, okay. He was in all the right. home run derby. That's all I remember.
1: Was he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, I think he's going to the Phillies.
0: Phillies? All right. yeah, I I, mean, I've, they... I have
1: been saying this since uh, about early September. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we we're all thinking about it, once the Nationals got got eliminated, the the first team that came to my mind was the Phillies, and I don't know why, because they are all they already have a lot of outfielders. But Bryce Harper to the Phillies just seems like a lot
0: of fun. Well, good. It's good It's good that they can move Reese Hoskins back to first, so I do yeah. think there is a spot open for him now, which we're all happy about. Um, but for now, I'm going to say it's the Dodgers, and I'll explain when we answer the third question a little deeper. Uh, I, I think that that ends up being the best fit for him once we get to the third question. The second question, though, is Manny Machado, of course. I actually think you know he's the most valuable free agent for his defense as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on him?
1: So the the important question here is going to be, does Manny Machado sign with a team that's going to let him play shortstop?
0: <laughs> and I think
1: that's what he wants. And earlier today, as of uh, December 14th, mm-hmm. the White Sox traded for Yonder Alonso, who happens to be Manny Machado's brother-in-law.
0: Mm-hmm. They're doing all they so, can, can't they? <laughs> I
1: think they're trying to to do a little something to get Manny Machado. I'm going to give him the credit. I'm going to say Manny Machado is going to be a white sock on spring
0: training. 99% of this offseason I thought it was the Yankees, more more because he – or the Phillies were on my mind too, because he, he wanted to go back to the East Coast. He has family yeah. in Florida. He has family in Puerto Rico and uh, the Dominican, excuse me, Dominican. Um yeah. And he couldn't call them after his Dodger games because it was too late right. over there. But you know right. the more I'm seeing it, the more I got to give credit to the White Sox. They do need a shortstop. They got a lot of young yep. talent, and they'll say, hey, you can play shortstop here for eight years. Let's worry about that other two years later. Right. And I think right. they, I think they'll invest in him. So I have the Chicago White Sox as well. All right, last question for you. Um, what do you think will be the biggest trade? When we're looking at spring training, what do you think would have been the biggest trade this offseason? What do you think will be the biggest trade? Excuse me. Ooh, that's an
1: interesting one. Uh, so far, the biggest story this offseason has been with the Mets and their will-they-won't-they
2: they of trading Noah mm-hmm. Um yeah. I don't think they end up
1: trading him. I think they hold Pat. Uh, man, that's a, that's a really hard one, Alex.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, well, I can go first here on one of these. Yeah, I, go first. What, what I'm yeah, gonna go say, first. what I'm gonna say is, is that JT Realmuto is not worth a Noah Syndergaard trade, in my opinion. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Dodgers trading for Corey Kluber. I'm gonna see Verdugo and Puig both go together. It's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna, it's gonna shake some, shake some heads here. And some are gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's a good deal because it'll clear room for Bryce Harper, and they're gonna sign him. And put him in the outfield. Um, I know they still want to clear Kemp, but at this point, if you trade Puig and Verdugo together, I wouldn't mind them keeping him. Uh, but I think I think Corey Kluber to the Dodgers and Verdugo and Puig to an Indians team that's looking to be competitive for the next three four years, and they're trying mm-hmm. to space out their money. It's the best deal for both of them.
1: Counter question to that: yeah. Do the Indians also trade Trevor Bauer?
0: No, I think they keep Trevor Bauer. They have Carrasco under co- contract for this year and next year, and they have Trevor Bauer that can be I, – I don't think he's an ace. I'd rather keep Corey Kluver, but I think the rest of the league doesn't think he's an ace and they won't get the value they want. And before Corey Kluver gets too old and becomes a free agent, this might be the best time to sell. I've always been a fan of the Indians' front office, and uh, I, I don't think it will stop this offseason for me. <laughs>
1: All right. I know I just said Noah Syndergaard isn't going anywhere, but I've changed my mind. Uh, I'm I'm going to get bold here. This is going to be extremely bold.
0: Okay. Well, if they're bold, Noah's... then you should have doubted it at first. So I like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard to the Padres. The Padres have the deepest farm system in baseball. They do. Noah Syndergaard has three years of control left. That is the the window for the Padres. They expect to be contending in 2020 mm-hmm. and 2021 that is going to be prime no Syndergaard years, assuming he stays healthy. uh, Boy, would that be a lot of fun. And I I think that would bring the Padres back into the national spotlight again, like they were in 2014. I know 2014 didn't go as well for them, making all those trades.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope the the Padres do it, because then that might put more pressure on the Dodgers, and we could see some real fireworks.
1: Right. And now, you know, Arizona traded away Paul Goldschmidt, so that's one less team they have to worry about. Because it doesn't seem like Arizona's going to want to contend.
0: Yeah, and Granky's uh, on the block. I agree with that. I think they're so the, the
1: Rockies are kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. What? Well, they're. I mean, I think the Padres can can take a real shot at this and get a uh, top of the line pitcher and put themselves in a position to not necessarily win the division this year, but maybe give themselves a chance for a nice, you know, eighty-seven win season. I mean, that would be a <laughs> twenty-one jump. But an nice eighty-seven
0: one season might get you a wild card in the National League. So and the, yeah, and I, I could see the Mets selling house, but I, their their GM has made some interesting moves. Uh, well right. I mean, th- this would definitely fall under the category is interesting. So it sounds like it's in his repertoire. Question is, do yep. they do they actually want to pull the trigger? And the Mets are saying no, no, no. But we've heard this before. I mean, Arod was signing with the Red Sox for a right. week and a half, so. This, right. this is nothing new in baseball Alright Mark well thanks for coming on And always love the bold statements Thank you for having me Alex It's always fun doing this I love being bold Alright for the last part we're going to bring on Ben Huff to talk about some NBA now So we're going to get to my favorite part of the show And everyone else's favorite part of the show I'm going to have you play Money Talks and BS Walks With me Ben Alright sounds good all right, so the first statement that was sent in was, as of right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP. I'm going to let you take it first, Ben. You're the guest.
2: This is really close. I think it's money, but by a nose. Anthony Davis is playing lights out. I love the way he plays. He's a stellar player, but Giannis, so the way his team's playing, 18-9 and 9, um, 18, 9 on the season so far, I think they're playing well. So I'm giving it to Giannis.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm always the guy that's thinking outside the box. I definitely think Giannis is number two on my list and three is Davis. But I'm always the guy that always tries to see the value in the MVP part of the word. And everyone's going to write, and I can't wait to read your guys' writing on this. Look at where the Cavs are and look at where the Lakers are. I know, let me hear it. Okay, I think LeBron's the MVP right now. He's got the Lakers at a... Tied for the fourth seed, and they're struggling. Honestly, if you watch them, it's, they have a lot to to learn and some kinks to work out. And, and the Cavaliers are nowhere near contention. Now I know Kevin Love's out, but a guy who can make that much of an impact on a team is still my most valuable player, in my opinion. And you know, I'm sure Ben go Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love my Lakers. <laughs> okay, so the second statement. This is the one that I'm I'm answering a lot of you that wrote in. The Clippers will make the playoffs.
2: I think that's money, but I definitely don't think they're going to be where they're at now. They had a good start to the season, but I think they'll be dropping down to the 7th or 8th seed after they return to Earth.
0: Yeah, I'm calling I'm calling BS on this one, too. Um, I think the Rockets catch up. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the Trailblazers are on a real cold spell. That's going to turn around. And the Clippers just got it handed to them by the Spurs. I don't trust them to even make an eight seed. I don't even have them in my top ten in the regular season. And so, um, the ones that weren't writing into me about LeBron being MVP, you can write into me about the Clippers now. So it's all good. <laughs> all right. Third statement: The Rockets will be a top four seed in the West.
2: I'm going BS. I think it's. I think it's gonna be close. But I don't think the Rockets really have it all together yet. They have the Mellow situation really hurt them. And I just think Denver, Golden State, OKC, the Lakers, and even Memphis are playing just so much better than them. So I think they'll be I guess
0: the sixth seed. Oh, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm I'm gonna be the negative Nancy of this of this Money Talks and BS walks right now. More BS here. Um, too many holes in their defense. Too much too much going on in the West. I mean we've seen some prizes. so surprises from the Nuggets uh, the Mavericks are ahead of schedule. The Trailblazers are behind schedule. It's just really crowded. And uh Harden's not gonna put up fifty in a triple double every night. Chris Paul's probably not gonna stay healthy. I'm gonna take my odds here and say six seed? Seven? And they're gonna have to open with either the Lakers or the Nuggets on the road. I'm not I'm not even sure that that would be very very promising for them to make it to the second round, which would be another debate later on, hopefully. All right, last one. The Lakers are title contenders right now. Ah, uh,
2: this really hurts, but I'm going BS.
0: <laughs> They're not right now. a little more. The young guys need to play
2: better. Kuzma's playing great, but everyone else needs to step it up. There's too many mental lapses on D, and LeBron can only carry them so far. He can't do everything for them, and they need to make some damn free throws.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna go money and just and just be the optimist here and say that. You know, when when on the court, 20% of your team is the best best player in the league, I'm, I'm going to think that they're always in contention. I mean, I think this is I've, – I've written about this. I think this is the second best supporting cast LeBron's had, and we're just – we don't see it yet. Like you said, they, right now it might be debatable, but I'm going to stick with money, and I'm going to show a little trust. Uh, I'm, I am I think that this is the second best supporting cast I've ever seen with LeBron and he's definitely, definitely enjoying it and he, I think he's enjoying the four year contract <laughs> Alright Ben, well thank you for coming on and playing as always
2: Of course, anytime buddy
0: Alright, that's all the time we have for Mooses Mulligans this week Special thanks to my guests Mark Burquist and Ben Huff Hell yeah! Make sure to check out our sponsors that is brava-arts.com For Brava Arts, check out their upcoming Nutcrackers performances. Also go to SomewhatAceBand.com about Somewhat Ace. They're doing a music video with their fans involved. So please, please, please get involved. I will be involved and look, look for Mooses Mulligans in that music video. And remember, this is your favorite sports podcast for Money Talks and BS Walks. We'll see you later.